The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. You are now tuned in to the Roto Experts. Back here on the Roto Experts for hour number three. We get you ready for another week of fantasy baseball fantasy football right around the corner. I want to thank uh, Rusty Ralph for joining us, and uh, Rusty will be joining us frequently here on Sundays. Always good to hear from the perspective, uh, an insightful and informed perspective of a former player who actually plays fantasy, George. Oh, I agree. I think they'll see things that we don't because, once again, being a former player, they understand the uh, what goes through their, uh, I guess, players' minds on a day-by-day basis, at-bat by at-bat. Uh, slumps and uh, not what. So uh, you can. I don't think you never get enough informed opinions. Yes. Let, let's talk about the waiver wire, one of uh, George's favorite pastimes. And uh, Joe Panic recently went on the DL after a really good start. Uh, Alan Hansen was called up from the minors, and he's off to a really good start himself. And uh, this guy is out there in a lot of leagues right now. He's hitting. He's uh, he's got a. Th- uh, 292 average with two home runs, eight RBIs, and two steals, and just 24 at bats so far. And he's only owned in five percent of CBSSports.com leagues. George, uh, like I said, I'm not all uh, all that thrilled about Hanson. Uh, like I said, I think uh, middle infield was deep. Second base was especially deep. So there are a lot of good second basemen out there. Uh, Hanson, if you want to go out and get him, fine, but. What are we looking for here? Uh, I need speed, and I think that's what I'm. Uh, if I need speed, and which I generally do, that's the area I'm looking for. I don't care if he gets home runs. You know, uh, once again, I I generally have that covered. I think most of us do in most leagues, but stolen bases, speed is what we probably could use. So I think if you're looking for that, he could be a player short term. Because what's going to happen when Panic does return? You know, he loses that job. Is he going to keep it over him? Have a tough time seeing that. And I guess what I also like about him is I don't expect him to hurt your average. I might even expect him to help your average. So that's always a bonus. Yeah, Panic's going to be out for a while, though. He is. Uh, I, I, ask, I don't know if I truly believe in Hanson. He's not, we're not talking about a big-time top prospect here. One of the guys, uh, I, I don't know. Actually, it's all about speed, Scott. I don't think the power, I know he's got two home runs in his first uh what, seven games here? I don't think that's going to keep up. So I don't think he's going to be a big-time power guy here, at least not this season. So for me, it's, it's going to be about that speed. It depends on how, how you're doing in that category. For me personally, he has more interest 
because I know I struggle with speed. Since I don't generally, I generally don't draft for it. I'm not a D. Gordon, Billy Hamilton guys. I'm not going to waste the third, fifth round pick on these types of players. So usually I struggle for speed. So that's where his interest is for me. But for uh, you know another fantasy player, it may not be as great. And also, like I said, the position itself. Second base in specific was very deep going in. I thought second base went 20 deep, that people were just ignoring Sterling Castro at drafts. Uh, so that, that, that was kind of crazy for a guy who always hits 300 every year. So uh, I do I have interest, but only for the speed category. Yeah, but if you look at the and that's, as we know, it's certainly not easy to come by in fantasy baseball. On uh, his first 18 games this year in the minor league level, he saw six, six bases alone. In 2016, in 110 games, he stole 36 bases. In 2015, 35 in 117 games. Uh, six and eight homers around there. So you're talking about a guy that uh, you know can give you, let's say, if he played over a full season, which we may not when panic comes back, but that he could be a 10-homer, 30-steal kind of guy. Agreed. I think that's about what I would. I would even hope maybe the stolen bases a little bit more. I always like seeing when a guy gets called up. Does he have the green light? You know, uh, certain organizations won't let you run. They don't believe in your. Uh, you know, you have to be safe eighty percent of the time, or else you're a detriment to the team. You know, you don't want to give up those precious one of twenty-seven outs. So I always like to see. You know, you got called up and they're letting him run. You know, I think that's a plus for me because, like I said, for, for me, for Hanson, that's what I'm looking at. That's the category I need him to hit and uh, not hurt my average as well. So I'm, uh, I'm encouraged by that. But I think for me is, like I said, I don't think he'd be on my radar, not in a 10 or 12 team league, because I just think there will probably be other second basemen out there or middle infielders I'll prefer above him. But if I am hurting in steals, he may be somebody I do want to take a look at. The numbers you uh, predicted, uh, I, I agree with. 1030 I think is what, about where he's at. Yeah, and there's probably going to be some very aggressive bidding for him, I think, in a lot of leagues because steals are just so hard to come by overall. Yeah, in today's game, absolutely. Maybe the toughest we've ever seen. It's been going down for a long time. We're never going to see. I, I'm not going to say never, but I don't know when the next 100, ba- 100 stolen base guy's coming. You know, the Ricky Hendersons and the Vince Coleman's guys just ran wild. Teams just don't believe in it as much. Uh I mean, we talked about, I think you and I talked about this last week, a guy like Brett Gardner who can steal bases, but the Yankees don't want him to run because they don't want him getting thrown out in front of Aaron Judge, Stanton, Sanchez, and take a chance of, uh, you know, especially with two outs. Two outs, he's never going to run because you want those guys to hit a two-run homer. It's just, it's a completely different game than what it was, you know, 15, 20 years ago. Very few players run. Caleb Smith of the Miami Marlins is owned in 40% of CBSSports.com leagues. So far, two and three. With a 12.5.8K per nine, uh, 367 ERA, 353XFIP, and you know the left on base percentage is not outrageous at 75.6%. Uh, the BABIP is a little low at 260, but he's getting a lot of swings and misses so far. He is, and I think you know where I'm going to say about this. You know, when I when automatically hear from uh, you bring up a player from Miami or or any other bad team. A starting pitcher, now you talk about three categories. Wins you're not going to get. Or it's going to be very tough to come by. So you're looking at your ratios and your strikeouts. How badly do you need strikeouts? I mean, the ratios I could find someplace else. You know, I, I can protect my ratios with the uh, top and middle reliever. So it comes down to strikeouts. How badly do I need those strikeouts? You know, and that's going to be my a issue lot of here. Fantasy, a lot of fantasy teams do, and it, they're very hard to find on the waiver wire. On the waiver wire, it's hard. But uh, I know me personally, I generally have that covered. Well, to take a starter who's a one-category guy for me, 
is going to be really tough. Yeah, really tough because uh, when I need a starter, I need to have a chance at wins. I mean, you got to be able to pick up some W's for me here. So can't, uh, you can't chase I, wins though. You have to. You, you can say that all you better, want. You can't chase. You got a guy on a better team, and and you know he might just have some bad luck. I mean, look at the Grom over the years too. I mean, they've been better, better than the Marlins. He's had a lot of bad luck in terms of victories. You have a bad luck and bad team are two different things. I can deal with bad luck. You know, uh, certain, we, there are certain pitchers who never get wins. Yes, they're always the bad luck pitchers. The team never scores win, uh, runs for them. But it is, you know, they're on a good team. They have a chance. But the Marlins, if you're in good luck, you may not get wins. The team is pretty pretty poor as it is. So it's a one, it's a one category strikeout guy. With, I mean, we, like I said, we can always say don't chase wins. And I, I get it. But it's category. It's why I believe you should go with quality starts over wins. But we don't. Have, most majority of leagues don't have that. So you have to chase W's. You need to have a, or at least you need to go with the player who gives you a better chance at W's, or else you're sacrificing another category. You know, I can't. I guess can't do that. Starters are already sacrificing one. Now you're going to sacrifice two. I can protect my. I can protect my ratio someplace else. So at my old problem with uh, with Smith is going not a problem, but it comes down to how bad do I need the strikeouts? If I need it, then he's a uh, player you can look at. But if I don't, or if I'm okay in strikeouts. You know, middle of the pack, I'm probably not going for him. I'm going to want somebody else who could add me another category. So you'd rather have an Eduardo Rodriguez or a Drew Pomerantz? Yes on Rodriguez. Not yet on Pomerantz. I know he had the one decent start this week. I'm going to need to see more. He's on a way a better more. team. He is. Like I said, well, you're weighing it. And that's why uh, that's why Eduardo Rodriguez Erod gets it pretty easily. He's a strikeout guy himself. Strikeout ten last night in that loss, so he gets it easily. Better team, more wins. Uh, the ratio is probably going to be higher, but I can live with. They're not going to be astronomical. Pomeranz is a different category for me because I still think this is spring training for him. I still think he's working out some kinks here. Eventually, I think he'll be a player you want. Uh, not, I'm not talking an ace here, but a, a bottom-of-your-staff guy, SP5, SP6 fantasy-wise. Uh, but he'll get you some Ws. The ratios will be you know, not good, not bad, and the strikeouts will be okay. He won't hit every category for you, but he won't crush you anywhere either. Pomerantz is a guy who's on my radar to pick up if he's available in the league, but not starting him, not yet. Would you rather have Domingo Jamon than Caleb Smith? Jermon, going to start for the Yankees today. Uh, I think this is a great situation uh, for fantasy owners because we get to, most fantasy owners, we have our fab tonight. So you get to see him today against a pretty good uh, hitting uh, Indians team. See how he looks. Like, the kid can throw. He's got a live arm, ball moves. But with all youngsters, I think he's going to have some problems with location, uh, you know, pitching in certain situations. I am interested. I think this could be a situation, Scott, where do you need wins? You know, I think he will have a better chance. Uh, they say Montgomery's out six to eight weeks. That puts him out, let's say, around July. Yankees also uh, moves up just to Sheffield, the AAA. I think that was a telling sign. All of a sudden, you could believe in coincidences. I don't. I think they moved up to AAA just in case Montgomery's out longer and Germain can't get it done. Then maybe he is next in line to get called up. I think the fact that the Yankees have had success with Torres and Andujar makes them a little bit easier to call up another rookie and see how he can perform here. I think Jermont gets first chance to fail. Uh, I'm probably leaning more towards Smith, though, because we've seen him do it. I know he can strike out guys. Jermont, we've only seen as our inner reliever's role. You know, how many innings is he going to go his first couple of starts? He's going to get, if he gets lit up, the Yankees just move away from him. You know, what about when Luis Sessa returns? So I think there's a lot more to worry about with Jermont because the Yankees have other options where the Miami Marlins really don't. I'm leaning towards Smith. 
if you need some middle infield help, we still don't know where Daniel Murphy's coming back, although uh, Anthony Rendon has just come back. Uh, what about Wilmer Defoe? Hitting 287 right now with 15 runs scored and 11 RBIs. Kick and play, right? Kick and play. He's uh, I think he's had some fun on the field I've seen a couple of times, but uh, he can hit a little bit. But you mentioned uh, as soon as Murphy comes back, uh, that, that goes away. But last we heard, Murphy's still feeling a little pain is. in that knee. Right. Yeah. This is the forever injury, right? I, I remember in spring training, he might open the season with the team. It's now May 6th, and we really don't know. You know, they say uh, he still has knee soreness, or he still has some pain in the knee. Uh, he could be out weeks, another month, all-star break. We just don't know. Yeah, I think the foe's a pickup, as long as, as long as you're okay with the fact that, you know, you could lose him in two weeks, three weeks, once uh, Murphy comes. Because once Murphy comes back, you're going to want to move on from Defoe. But, yeah, I like the kid. Well, Defoe's only owned 7% of CBS Sports leagues, but here's the thing, is that is that uh, Rendon came off the DL. What's going to be the playing time situation at second base for Defoe because uh, Howie Kendrick is playing well, too? Yeah, it's a problem. I like, guess it's a good problem for the Nationals to have, uh, which one goes and which one uh, sits. I mean, listen, if it's me, I always – we know what Kendrick can do. If, if I'm the Nationals, I, I want to go with Defoe. Uh, I think he could, has a little bit more upside there, but that doesn't matter what I want. only matters what they want. Uh, you do wonder they, they're both uh, – as far as uh, if you were thinking about a platoon, uh, I mean, the foe does bat both. You know, switch hitters, so they could, you know, platoon them left-handed, right-handed, which would be good for the foe. More right-handed starting pitchers, so he'll get more starts here. I like the kid. I just like what he can add to my fantasy team. Once again, I'm hoping for some a little speed here. You know, the power I never really will worry about. I'm not expecting power from him, but it's an average that shouldn't hurt you. You know, he's batted what 287 to 71 to 76, so I'm not worried about that. I like him. I really like what he can add, but you, you bring up a great point. You, you're probably not going to get you know seven games a week out of him. They're not going to just bench Kendrick either. Uh, we mentioned Dansby Swanson going on the DL, and you're going to hear my interview with Sean Newcomb next uh, next segment. Uh, talking about the Braves here, uh, Johan Camargo is going to play a lot of shortstop now. It seems he had 250 with two hundred nine two home runs, nine RBIs, and for those of you who play in OBP leagues, a three eighty two OBP. Yeah, and he'll uh, he'll play while the uh, Swanson's out. Uh, I think with uh, with Camargo, Braves have a lot of interesting young players here. Uh, I'm it goes through the same <laughs> excuse me same situation. I do worry uh, about there being other players I'd rather have on the waiver wire. And so I think it's waiver wire dependent here. He's got a uh, got some power. I think the average could hurt me. So that's another issue issue I'm looking at here. Uh, not much speed here. So if you're looking for that category, you got to look someplace else here. So you're looking for a guy who can add a little pop. You know, maybe you need it, maybe you don't. I'm not looking his direction because he's not the player I'm going to be needing in most of my leagues, Scott. Uh, OBP league, which is a small percentage, changes things out dramatically. He don't, he, uh, his history tells us it is 382 now, but that's going to come down as well. So if you're looking at that, I'd be a little cautious. He's owned at 5% of CBSSport.com leagues, as is Alex Gordon. Alex Gordon, since he has come back, is hitting 288 with uh, two home runs, five RBIs, and a steal. Not what he used to be, but uh, would you pick up Alex Gordon for some depth? He's only 5% owned. Hit a monster home run of Craig, uh, Craig Kimbrell the other night. I mean, a, a moonshot. Um Yes, not because I truly believe in the player, but because there's not enough outfielders to go around. 
I mean, uh, you, you, once again, we do, I've done this many times. You do the math, 12-team league. We start five. That's 60 outfielders. We all have outfielders. Well, not all, but we have outfielders on our bench. We have outfielders in utility. If you're a starting outfielder, you're valuable. You just are because there's just not enough to go around here. So, yes, I'm interested for that, for that purpose and that purpose alone. But he's just a filler for me. You know, he's not – I don't expect any big things out of him. He's not somebody I want to start. I just want some depth. I want to be able to cover for the next injury that happens to my fantasy team. Nick Ahmed, uh, only hitting two twenty three, but five home runs, 17 RBIs. They're getting some unexpected power from him in Arizona. They are, but what's going to happen now? Uh, Arizona, interesting team. I re- really thought they should have given a – I'm glad Owings is playing in the outfield. I think Owings should have uh, really gotten that job. Uh, average. You said it already. That's, that's, and his history tells us it's not going to get much better. I know he batted 251 last year, but that's his high, 218, 226. First year was 200, so his average is going to be a killer. Uh, if you need the power, fine. Uh, in my situation, generally, I don't. I'm more speed and average worry. So I'm not taking him. He's not going to help me for my team. But if you need the power, I think that is legit another player who the humidor does not seem to be af- affecting as much. Nick Ometto in 7% of CBSSports.com leagues. We'll talk about two-turn pitchers, another favorite of Georgia's pastime coming up in a little while. But uh, coming up next, my interview with Atlanta Braves pitcher Sean Newcomb. So that's com- coming right up here. You're listening to the Roto Experts on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. We're here every Sunday, 9 a.m. to noon p.m. We'll be taking you throughout the Fantasy Baseball Week. For more great uh, Fantasy Baseball content, just go to rotoexperts.com and click on the MLB tag. We'll be right back. Sean Newcomb is next. If you're playing daily fantasy basketball on DraftKings or FanDuel this NBA season, you need to sign up for Daily Roto. Built by a team featuring millionaire maker winners and live final champions, Daily Roto's customizable projections, podcasts, strategy guides, and lineup optimizer will help you compete with the pros in a fraction of the time. Better yet, you can save 10% off using the promo code FNTSY. So go to dailyroto.com backslash premium to learn more about their product. Back here on the Roto Experts Weekend Edition, Scott Engel and George Kurtz. And uh, today is a sad day for us at uh, the Roto Experts Weekend Edition. It is the last day for producer Pete Considori. Uh Pete has been with us a while, and uh, we're sad to see him go, but wish him well in his future endeavors. Pete wants to be a music uh, wants to uh, get into radio production with music. So, uh, Pete, we wish you the best of luck, and thank you for all your service here. It was a real pleasure working with you. Actually, a Ranger fan that you liked, uh, George, right? Yeah, I guess to work with Pete, uh, Pete and I aren't done yet. We're, Pete and I will do a, the Inside Edge Fantasy Hockey Podcast at 4.30, so I get my last hour with Pete Considori. We're losing a hockey guy. All right? This is, this is a killer. Even a Ranger fan. Listen, I've had to make allowances for Pete. Nobody's perfect, but uh, he will be missed. <laughs> So how do you possibly replace Pete on the Inside Edge Fantasy Hockey podcast? Well, uh, Mr. Cardano has told me uh, it's my show next year. Thanks, Mike. Hopefully we can find someone to work with me here. I think it's Mike Cardano's birthday today as well, if, uh, if Facebook tells me correctly. Happy birthday, Mike. 
Yes, happy birthday to you. Uh, hopefully somebody gets you a dictionary for your birthday. Uh, <laughs> and we'll be looking to... Uh, we look into uh, looking forward to working with new producer Rob Bow, who has been doing a great job uh, today. Bob, Rob's from my own college, by way of our friend Mike Demergis. And uh, let's get back to Roto Experts at the park. And uh, this uh, this next young pitcher that we're gonna I'm gonna talk to here, uh, just 24 years old, and. Uh, was one of one of the guys really late in draft season who people are looking at as a potential value. Here's my interview with Braves pitcher Sean Newcomb. Scott Engel of the Fantasy Sports Network here with Sean Newcomb of the Braves. Sean, you've been getting a lot of swings and misses so far throughout the first month, and that, that's very hard at the major league level, although you've done that a lot at the minor league level. How have you been able to get through with, with that uh, you know, sort of arsenal so far? Um, you know, I kind of just do the minor leagues. I was getting my strikeouts just by using my best stuff. But uh, here, you definitely are tested. You know, you got to use everything to kind of get them. So I've been using uh, just like the different adjustments I've been making. Pitching have kind of helped with that, just working away from, you know, what batters like. It's been good so far, though, but I've just been kind of using my whole arsenal and attacking a lot. I noticed uh, that you've been using your changeup a little bit more, even though you still rely heavily on the fastball. You get more comfortable with that? Yeah, definitely. It's been it's been a big uh, pitch for me, just getting people off the fastball. One of those pitches I can use when my curveball is not uh, where it should be. So it's been a good third pitch, and it's definitely becoming a uh, a strength for me. You do have four pitches, though. Uh, you know, you feel like what's the progress on getting to maybe like four pitch arsenal comfortably, yeah. where you can get very deep into games. Um, for me, using my sliders has kind of been kind of just a feel thing, depending on how it's going. This hasn't been a priority for me here recently, so I haven't been using it a ton, but uh, there's different situations where I feel like I can use it and kind of see how it's working, but uh, it's definitely something I work on in my pens and my uh, catch play every day for sure. So what about you know some of the veterans in the clubhouse? you got guys like Brandon McCarthy, Julio Tehran, and pitching coach like Chuck Hernandez. Uh, what have they been working with you on both uh, selection and mechanically-wise, and how much of a help have they, have they been? Uh, they've been good. You know, uh, Watching the veterans is just something that you know, anything you can watch them do is kind of helpful, you know, with their daily routine, how they go about from showing up to the field to the end of the game, you know, they're always kind of setting the example. But um, as far as them and Chuck helping me, I mean, for me, it's just been a matter of going out and being consistent and attacking hitters. So they've kind of, uh, Chuck's definitely helped me with that and kind of zoning in on what my strengths are, what I need to do to be consistent. So just working with that and, uh, just going out and trying to just give the team six innings has kind of been six, seven innings every game has kind of been the goal. But on top of that, just making sure I'm mixing everything up and kind of just making sure everything's working has been a huge key. What about pitching at SunTrust Park? It's uh, it's really regarded as more as a hit of park. How do, how, what are the challenges there, and how does it change your mentality when you come to the majors and know you're going to be pitching half your games there? Yeah, um, I mean, it's not something you try to think about, you know. The ballpark's not something you can control, so you got to go out and just make your pitches and pitch your game. So that's what I've just been trying to do. But, I mean, it's definitely a great place to play. You know, it's brand new, great atmosphere. Got a lot of good stuff going on over there. You play fantasy sports. You play football. Uh, for the month of March, your, your name was very hot on fantasy baseball sleeper lists. Not that you played fantasy baseball and know how it works, but how do you react when you hear that when you're a guy that studies for fantasy football and now now you're the sleeper? Yeah, it's funny. I mean, uh, 
you know, growing up, I always played fantasy sports and still stick with the fantasy football. But uh, it's definitely just kind of something funny to see and kind of appreciate because, you know, I can see both sides of it. So uh, did you play any other, anything else besides uh, besides football growing up? Uh, yeah, I played basketball, just uh, town league and then a little bit in high school. But uh, basketball, I mean, uh, baseball and football were definitely my priorities. So now you're on the, on the other side. You're the drafted instead of the <laughs> drafter. Uh, you know, analytics are like very big, you know, to a fantasy baseball player. But 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 now now you're on the other side. You you feel like you're familiar with them already, and that's something that helps you. Um, for me, I don't really dig too deep into the analytics. You know, they come the coaches and the different uh, front office people. That's what they what they look in and into. So they'll come to me if there's anything I need to kind of concentrate on or work on. So it's definitely been a, a helpful little tool, but uh, it's not something I rely on, you know, all the time. You still got to just go out and play. So I haven't been a fantasy baseball player. If there was one player on this team that you say go out and pick up a trade for uh, to advise people playing fantasy baseball, who would it be? Oh, I mean, I think I just got to go with the hot ones and go either Acuna or Ozzy. Uh, they've, been, they've been red hot, and I mean, I think they're going to stay, stay performing. What about Mike fulton Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, fulton has been in control this year. He's, he's in his zone, I'd say. He, uh, he just needs to keep going out and doing what he's been doing. He's been great. So, uh, last one for you. You play football. Obviously, you probably play with your minor league teammates, but now you're going to be playing in a major league clubhouse. The stakes are higher. The competition is higher. How much are you looking forward to that? <laughs> I haven't actually got into the, uh, a league over here yet. Maybe this year will be the year, but uh, definitely looking forward to it. I, uh, for me, I've, I've been in the same league for probably eight or nine years now with all my buddies from high school, so that's the one I look forward to because that kind of keeps us connected. And, you know, we get to in, uh, my off season, I get to kind of hang out with them and gives us something even more to kind of to, like to beat to work, talk together on and spend some more time together. So it's it's nice. You're a Massachusetts guy. You Patriots fan? Yeah, yeah, definitely a big Patriots fan. So what did you think of that draft? Uh, pretty happy with it. Um, I was thinking we were going to go Lamar Jackson at some point just because give somebody with some tools to kind of learn behind Brady. But I mean, I love the picks we made with those two uh, the, the two Georgia picks there. The uh, running back Sony Michelle will be huge. I like how. It's kind of like a du- good dual threat guy, a little upgrade for us. So then, uh, then we got the offensive tackle. So anything to protect the goat. Patriots fan Sean Newcomb. Uh, he's originally from the Massachusetts area, and uh, now with the Atlanta Braves. And two and one so far with a three thirty eight ERA, a three sixteen FIP, FIP, and a, a three forty two X FIP. Uh, the strand rate seventy point four percent, so you know we have and uh, the BABIP is three oh six. So the numbers all seem like he, they can stay in line with what he can do the rest of the year. Maybe the strikeout rate of ten point ninety is a little bit high, but we've re- I think we've really have to like what we've seen from Newcomb so far. Oh, I agree. I, mean, uh, I think it's hard to dislike it once again. Young play, he's, he's going to go through some struggles, but I think he, what he's showing you is that he can pitch. And fantasy-wise, a sleeper coming in, sure, and I think now he's, uh, I don't want to say established himself, but I think now he's worthy of a spot. Maybe there'll be some situation where you don't want to start him. You know, uh, if you can, you'll, you'll avoid him, but I have no problem with him on my fantasy staff. And Scott, it looks like the Mets have, uh, have listened to us. They, uh, they're going to place DeGrom on the DL. Wow. Breaking news here on the Fantasy Sports Network. So uh, Degrom is going to go on the D- the DL today. Actually, they uh, they listen to inside injuries, 
And then they listen to us. You know, maybe, maybe you're right. Maybe they were listening to the show here. I think, you know, Rusty Rao was actually just on saying that uh, that they're going to listen to the player, and he thinks they're going to make an informed decision here. And, uh, you know, Rusty was actually going against the grain, but uh, you know, I think most people would probably agree that this, at least common sense dictates from the, the, the it seems to be the best move. But certainly from... You know the perspective we, you know, from inside injuries, what they laid out, you know, on their website and our website, that this makes the most sense. So, uh, uh, I think a lot of a lot of fantasy owners, at least we know this now, before we say we stuck them into the lineup Monday and it's a last minute decision. So, uh, I'm I'm anticipating that, uh, you, that it's possible that they could bump Jake, uh, they could bump. Uh, Vargas maybe up to the Monday start. Yeah, I, I haven't seen anything about who's going to pitch uh, tomorrow for the Mets, but uh, like at the ground, they apparently the right to get him two more bullpens. Uh, there's it, there hasn't been a setback, so if anybody's worried about that, apparently the ground came into the uh, today expecting uh, to get ready for a start tomorrow. He was told that they want to get two more bullpens, and this is probably the course they should have taken from the beginning: play it safe, and uh, you know, skip, give him an extra week. Yeah, you know, let's get, get actually, the man actually, healthy. Actually, I'm corrected. I think I believe from what I heard, Corey Oswald probably get the shot to uh, be the next guy up in the rotation. I think a lot of people would think Gazelman or, or Lugo, but Mickey Calloway really wants to keep those guys in the bullpen, George. Yeah, I mean, it, it's a tough call when you have a situation like this. I mean, it could be it could have made it a bullpen game tomorrow. Could have done that too, but then that crushed your bullpen for a couple of days. Uh, once again, early in the season, call up a young guy, see what he can do, give him a start, give him a taste, and you, you move on from there. You know, so uh, I think this is the smart move by the Mets. You know, like I said, I think you have to play it very safe with the Grom, even if you're, you know, 95% sure that, hey, no big deal, you know, swing, something tweaked, but he's fine. Give him the, it's one start. Give him the extra week. Make sure, you know, him and uh, Syndergaard right now are really the linchpins to your starting staff. Everything else is a huge question mark. Uh, make sure he's healthy. So I, uh, I applaud the Mets here. Play it safe. And as I uh, was starting to say before, this doesn't look like uh, anything to worry about. We're all of a sudden, you know, oh, no. You know, they, they found something else in these tests. It just seems like they are wanting to play it safe here and give him the uh, – put him on a DL, give him the start off here. Yadier Molina also placed on a DL today for the St. Louis Cardinals. How long is he out for? Uh, I'm trying to read. Uh, the big now they really he's aren't. been playing early. He's been fantastic. He was in my uh, yeah. for the who's uh, five hot five not this week. He's got a groin, so I don't think you ever really know with the groin, but he is expected to miss at least a month. So we're not going to see him until somewhere in June. Groin, tough for a catcher, squatting up, down. So uh, shame because he was having a fantastic season, a season that really I know I uh, – I made some when I wrote about him on Wednesday. It's like you know, he's got 18 home runs last year. He's already got six this year. I pace for more than 30. He had only hit 19 home runs the three seasons prior to last year. So uh, strange that also he's found this power resurgence at the age of 35. Yeah, and back to the ground for a minute. Talking the whole thing through, we were very reactionary. You know, late in the week, we're saying the Mets were saying that he only missed one start, and that Daily News said four. And then Rusty Ryle coming on and saying, well, you know, it seems like the Mets are going to make the most informed decision. I think what they actually did was, in retrospect here, played a little bit of gamesmanship and actually came to the most informed conclusion that they could possibly do, and which was 
seemingly putting him on the DL. That seems like the best informed decision that they can make because, you know, reading everything and hearing everything that we did, he could have made his next start, but he probably shouldn't have, like inside injuries has said all along. It's like I was saying earlier in the show, and I was trying to say on, on Thursday on Carton and Friends, is that I would go whatever inside injuries says, and inside injuries was saying this guy should go on the DL. Yeah, excellent. Uh, I, I I applaud the Mets. Uh, some funny jokes on Twitter though. Uh, Wallace Matthews, uh, for writer for ESPN, puts uh, you know, knowing the Mets, uh, the Grom under the knife yeah, by New Wednesday. New York Sports Day. Yes. What did he say? Yeah. He goes, knowing the Mets, uh, the Grom be under the knife by uh, Wednesday. Uh, yeah. It's uh, I mean, Wallace Matthews is a, is a great follow on Twitter, by the way. If you want a guy who's uh not afraid to fire back at you. I love Wallace Matthews. We've had him a guest on the show a couple of times. So uh, he's a uh, he's a fun uh, he's a fun read and a fun listen uh, listen to. He's a uh, very good baseball. Yeah, I think he comes to the Yankees and uh, big boxing guy, which I am not. But Wallace Matthews for a is. long time, for a long time, Wallace Matthews. But uh, yeah, you can follow him at Oyster Bay Bomber on Twitter. He's he's a great follow. One of the guys. Like I say he uh, he has my sense of humor, so yeah, uh, you can make fun of him. He'll fire back at you. So it's uh. He's he's a great follow. Yeah, and uh, does some work for my friends over at New York Sports Day. Check him out at nysportsday.com. Uh, but you know, back to Sean Newcomb, though. As far as his pitch selection goes, it relies heavily on the fastball, according to fan graphs. Doesn't throw the slider much at all. A lot of curve and change off-speed uh, to keep hitters off balance. So he's already got three pitches, and he's working on a fourth. Yeah, actually, he's a player to watch. I'm probably more interested in him in Dynasty or Keeper League. So, young pitchers, I assume they'll get better. You know, first year, I always worry a little bit about ups and downs, uh, t- hitters making adjustments, how quickly do they make adjustments back, that sort of thing. Uh, he's a player I like, though. You know, I think he's a part of this, uh, this bright future for Atlanta. Uh, what's going on there? I love what Atlanta's done. I also think there's going to be a lot of competition there because I mentioned it earlier. The Braves have a lot of good young pitchers. So, I, and I think competition's a good thing. You know, could bring out the best in you. So he's certainly somebody I don't mind starting now, Scott, but I think his future is going to be even brighter. Yeah, good young staff there in Atlanta. A lot of good young talent. Yeah, like I said, uh, them in Philadelphia, this this division is not going to be fun. Because Washington's going to be there. They'll spend the money to, to, to be there. Mets, I assume, will make some moves. I think they're just going through a, uh, a tough period now. But Philadelphia, they have money. They have young talent coming here. I don't. I think they're going to spend it. Uh, Atlanta, not so much on the money-wise, just on the young talent from the trades they've made. They've got a, a lot of young talent here. This division's not going to be any fun for the next couple of years. It's gonna be, they're going to be slogging uh, with each other out. Yeah, the NL East has turned it into a really good division. You know, you can't give it a... Give it away to Washington. I mean, the, the Nationals still haven't proven that they can win when it counts. This team has never won a playoff series. Can you imagine if Bryce that's, Harper leaves scary. Washington with having never won a playoff series? Could very well happen. I mean, uh, you know, they're, they're not a lock to make the playoffs this year. I think they will, of course, but they're not a lock. That division is, uh, as you, you said it, they're not a lock to win the division, which means they got the fight for the wild card. They could be a one-game-and-done team. If you're a wild card team, they're, right, they could lose that one game. Achievers. When you yes. look at the talent on that roster, they're incredible underachievers. You got Scherzer, Strasburg, Harper, you know, got Murphy when he's healthy, and it, Rendon. And it's, it's amazing that they have won a playoff series. It's it's stunning. You know, I don't, I'm not sure I realized that you uh, you pointed out even last week or the week before that when we discussed this about Washington. I think you you said it perfectly. They're underachievers. Uh, 
I don't like to use the word chokers, but they seem to come up small when the games mean most. It seems to do that. Even in 2015, when the Mets won a division, uh, Washington like lost a lot of key games to them and basically lost the division to them on the field. All right, coming up next, we'll um, go to another one of George's favorite pastimes. We'll, you said uh, that every break now. Pitchers. We still haven't done it. Can't blame yes. me. Two-turn pitchers coming up next here on the Roto Experts Weekend Edition. Have you ever wanted to have a fantasy expert in the palm of your hand? Or better yet, in the pocket of your khakis? Well, check it out. Now you can. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Download it now to your phone. We promise no weird viruses, no strange tracking things. Just 24 hours a day, seven days a week of pure fantasy knowledge dropping all over your head. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Stop being a weirdo and streaming it online. Get it on your phone. Take it with you everywhere you go. Back here on the Roto Experts Weekend Edition, Scott Engel and George Kurtz. Check out our Fantasy Baseball Weekly Planner right now on rotoexperts.com. And uh, for Brandon C. Williams, two-turn starters, streamers for both hitting and pitching. And let's go over some two-turn starters for this week. There are some sure? obvious ones. Clayton Kershaw against Arizona and Cincinnati. George, I think he'll start him. Uh, Steven Strausberg against uh, San Diego and Arizona. Carlos Martinez against Minnesota and San Diego. Two good matchups. Luis Severino against uh, the Red Sox and Oakland. Aaron Nola against San Francisco against uh, and the Mets. What about James Paxton and, uh, at Toronto and Detroit? Uh, I think obviously you plug him in, but... Uh, you know, Paxton hasn't quite lived up to expectations so far. Oh, he's an obvious uh, start, though. Uh, going over against Strowman. Strowman's been a disaster so far this season. It did have a decent start his last time out. And you get Detroit. No, uh, well, probably no Miguel Cabrera. Uh, and Michael Fulmer is their ace. But uh, he's a must for me. He had, what, uh, the 16 strikeouts last uh, last yeah. time out. Well, they took him out at the seven innings. I think he'd thrown 106 pitchers. Uh, no one's, that's another record no one's ever going to break because no one will be allowed to throw 120, 130 pitches to go 20-plus uh, strikeouts. So um, I understand he hasn't been quite what uh, some of us thought he could be, but that being said, he's a must-start. Yeah, and uh, I have a feeling that Marcus Stroman is pitching hurt. Uh, Blake Snell. Agreed. Uh, Blake Snell against... Against Atlanta and Baltimore, but I think you have to lock him in. How much do you like him this week, though? I like the pitcher. I mean, I really, I think Snell's finally coming into his own. Another guy who uh, came up with some, uh, you know, some publicity. He was going to be the next big thing. Took a while, and I think sometimes pitching in the American League East can do that to you because uh, it can beat you down. The Yankees, the Orioles, Red Sox, Blue Jays, all teams that can hit that you're facing an awful lot. I like him. Uh, he's facing against Atlanta and Sean Newcomb, and then get balls. I don't love the Baltimore start in Camden Yards. You never know what's going to happen in that ballpark. But he's facing Chris Tillman. For the love of God, I don't know how this guy still has a job in Major League Baseball. But the point is, even a, a so-so start from Snell should get you a W here. The Ray, even the Rays should be able to beat up on Tillman. Yeah, control was a big bug bugaboo uh, for him for a while, and it seems like he's reined a lot of that in. Kyle Hendricks against Miami and the White Sox. 
Dallas Keuchel's also been disappointing. He uh, faces Oakland and Texas. Not quite been the same pitcher, you know. Uh, and it's a, this way a guy who throws uh, what Keuchel throws is pretty much you know around 89, 90 miles an hour. It needs to be perfect. And right now in the early going, he hasn't been perfect. You know, even the Yankees hit him last week, and the Yankees have never hit this guy. Uh, so he, I think it's it's all about his control right now. You're still starting him next week. I mean, you're getting Oakland, Brett Anderson, Texas, Matt Moore. I don't love the Oakland start. I don't love the Texas start either, but I can't. If you drafted Keiko, you drafted him as pretty much a top 25, top 30 starter. I can't see you having that good a rotation to sit him. Uh, I have him on a league or two. I'm not thrilled about it, Scott, but he's in there. But I, I don't expect uh, great starts. I'm, I'm just hoping for, once again, what we would consider quality starts in this uh, day and age and maybe a win. Sack Godley against the Dodgers and the Nationals. Yeah, coming into the season, you may not love this. Dodgers aren't hitting at all right now, and they're a beat-up team, too, with oh. some injuries here. Washington, all right, you, you said it earlier, they got Rendon back. You know, they're still not hitting great. Just avoid uh, Bryce Harper. Uh, I'm, I'm starting Godley. All right, Dylan Bundy against Kansas City and Tampa Bay. That's obvious. Michael Fulmer against Texas and Seattle. Sean Newcomer we spoke, spoke to a little while ago. At Tampa Bay, at Miami, got to like that. John Gray is home for two starts against the Angels and the Brewers. Ugh, no. No. Gray uh, does home pitch well Tuesday. at home, though. He does, but he's been so-so this year. Last start was good. I can't do it. Not two home starts. Not against two good hitting teams. They're not great hitting, but they're good hitting teams here. Oh, I, I hate. To, I mean, I, you hate to sit a two starts, but this scares me. I don't own Gray in any league. I, I, I it's pretty much a uh, a thing of mine. I won't draft a uh, a Colorado Rocky starter. I won't do it. So you know, I understand Boy, he's good, Bettis but he's been terrific. He has. Uh, no, I, I'm not. I can't. I can't do it, Scott. I can't start John Gray. All right, Drew Pomeranz faces the Yankees twice, so I'm going to say no there, and I'm sure you'll agree. Face the Yankees twice. That'd be a first. Yes. Yes. Nobody faces uh, the same team twice in a week. You realize that, right? At, what's that? Nobody faces ever faces the same team twice in a week. No, they don't. You're right. You say he faces the Yankees uh, twice. Yeah. I'm Toronto's actually, his uh, start. Yeah, I'm looking at CBSSports.com, and they've made a mistake. Uh, Boston really? That's Toronto. what I'm looking at. The, the, Yank, the Yankees, the Yankees uh, and Toronto, I don't think I could do it just because of the Yankees start. Uh, yeah, it's going to worry me as well. It's, yeah. it's, it's Severino, too. Jeff Samarja, road starts against Philadelphia and Pittsburgh. Are you ready to do it? I think this comes down to he's on my roster. Two starts. They're not terrible. They're not great, but they're not terrible. I understand they're both on the road. Philadelphia, I, I worry more about Pittsburgh. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna because uh, I if I if I'm not starting this week, then why is he on my roster? That's what it's gonna come down to to me. I don't own him anywhere, so I don't have to make this decision. But uh, if I did, yeah, I'm starting him. But once again, I don't expect huge things here. He's gonna be a player. I just hope don't kill me. Tyson Ross against Washington and St. Louis has pitched well enough to where the point where he has two starts. You got to roll him out there. Marcus Stroman. Against Seattle and Boston, I don't think I can trust Stroman at all to roll him out there. Harlan Garcia against at the Cubs and versus Atlanta. Another guy that's doing it with mirrors. I have no idea how this guy is successful. I think I wrote about him this week, uh, the five up, five down. But you're starting him, and he's pitching so well. I mean, so well. Uh, but those numbers are, are going to come up, and maybe this is the week. But one, if you picked him up, this is why you picked him up. Right? Nobody drafted uh, you know, Garcia. You picked him up because he's the hot guy. You got your two start week out of him. But it wouldn't shock me if uh, 
there's going to be a lot of people releasing him next Sunday. Uh, so I think you might have to have a little more patience on him than that. Luis Castillo's been very up and down, more down than up, and he's got the Mets and the Dodgers. Brandon C. Williams, I'm Roto Expert, says, uh, you know, this is the week that he thinks he's turned it around. Maybe, uh, yeah, but I agree with what you said. He's been two teams not hitting. More, yeah, that's where it is. But it's second one looks like it's against Clayton Kershaw next Sunday if uh, the rotation holds here. Still, I'm probably going to have to start him. You know, I don't love it, but uh, he, the guy's a talent. I think he's had some issues. We don't know what the issues are. Is there? I don't think it's an injury issue because for the young guy like Cam Cincinnati and the team that knows it's not going anywhere, they would they would put, put him on a DL. I think there's something of mechanical. Uh, with Castillo, I think he will figure it out eventually. Don't know if this will be the week, but I doubt I can sit him uh, in my fantasy league. So I'm starting him. Danny Duffy at Baltimore and at Cleveland. No, no, can't trust him. I like Duffy. I yeah, that's the thing. I not it's too good hitting team. It was, it was better matchups. I'd feel differently, but at Baltimore at Cleveland, no. I, I need to see. I hate to sit him for two start week. I truly do, but no, I can't do it right now. Fernando Romero, uh, a lot of fantasy players have talked about uh, you know, his opportunities this week. He's at St. Louis and at, at the Angels. He's a guy I'm watching, but I'm not starting. Not yet. Uh, once again, on the road, two starts against two teams that can, you know, not I would call them the best hitting teams in the league, but they're good hitting teams. Uh, no, uh, but I am watching him. He's somebody, if, even if I did pick him up, he'd likely still be on my bench. Lucas Giolito against Pittsburgh and Chicago. It's too scary for me. Jeremy Hellickson has pitched well, and he's at San Diego and Arizona. Oh, I like the San Diego start. Don't really like the Arizona start. You're right, though. He has pitched well. Still leaning you, you, no. You, you, you talked about when we were talking about Caleb Smith before, this is a team that can win ball games. If Hellickson can pitch decently like he's been doing, he can grab some wins. Yeah, he can, and uh, I think that's the category you're probably rooting for with him because I don't know what else you're going to get from him. But uh, it's that Arizona start that scares me. And uh, I think you you almost have to have an ace start against San Diego to balance out what what might happen in Arizona. And I don't know if I trust him enough, even against San Diego, to have that ace start. So I'm leaning no. I'm also leaning no on Jose Urena. Uh, two up and down goes to Chicago versus Atlanta. Uh, Atlanta could punish him. Homer Bailey against the Mets and the Dodgers. No, well, I'm not a I'm not a big uh, Bailey guy. The, the, uh, it won't be Degrom anymore. He's starting again, so you get a sort of a break there. Uh, but I just don't trust him. You know, there are several of the other guys who I mentioned who I wouldn't start. I would still start with Bailey. Zach Eflin versus San Francisco and the Mets. Well, we like the San Fran start. You know, the Mets are struggling right now. So he, he comes down to a guy, Scott, where if he's on your roster, well, how can you not start him? You know, you sort of, I wouldn't pick him up for this week, but if he's on my roster already, then I'm probably starting him this week. Clayton Richard against Washington and St. Louis. No, not going there. San Diego wins going to be tough to come by. Washington, St. Louis, two good teams. Uh, no. Uh, Matt Moore against Detroit and Houston. No, thank you. Done with Wade him. Miley. Cleveland and Colo- no. at Colorado, no way. <laughs> Wait, Miley at Colorado. Is your daily stack for Friday, right? Uh, <laughs> Chris, Chris Tillman versus Kansas City and Tampa Bay. No, I don't know how Tillman has a job. He's got the two best, I mean, KC and Tampa Bay. If you can't start him here, I mean, no one owns this guy. Well, I hope you don't own him. But he's getting wrecked by everybody. This shows you how bad 
Baltimore staff is that Chris Tillman still has a job. This to me is a crime. Derek Holland in Philadelphia and Pittsburgh, obviously not. And Brett Anderson against Houston and the Yankees. Oh God, no, no not against those two teams. But uh, you know, Brent Anderson's been a bug. Uh, I'm not a bugaboo, but a uh, a guy I've uh, well, I did die with. That I, I was going to say that I would die with. Well, I've already died with Brett Anderson. I did believe in him for a long time. Could never really stay healthy to do anything. That's pretty much. I think we covered everything in baseball for uh, for the week. Uh, I got I got something to, uh, to bring up here. You know, uh, we, we talked about this earlier. Steve Phillips yeah. tweeted out about an hour ago that he thinks Bryce Harper is going to the Braves next year. His really? reasoning is that they they have forty seven point five million tied up in Adrian Gonzalez, Scott Casimir, and Brandon McCarthy, and that'll all be off the books. So he Wait goes, a well, you mean not the Dodgers? In... You mean the Dodgers? No, Braves. I guess during that Braves trade, once money. again, the oh, because of the trade, yeah, the trade, right? The, the Braves took on uh, okay. uh, salary here, so he thinks because that's all off the books now, you know, after after the season, that the Braves would be a team that could, I I don't see this happening. I get his logic, but he's like, well, wouldn't that be a nice uh, instead of the forty-seven point five for those guys, you could tie it up in Bryce Harper. Obviously, not 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 the entire forty-seven point five, but. Uh, Bryce Harper to the Braves is not something I would have considered. I get where the payroll makes sense, but I don't think he's going to Atlanta. Be staying in a division there. Can you imagine that lineup? Uh, you know, Acuna, Albies, Freeman, wow. and Harper. That would be. Uh, and they, I said they got good young pitching coming up. But man, the, have the Braves ever that you can remember made a big? I mean, a huge, anywhere near this kind of free agent signing. I mean, if Harper's going for what? He's going plus three hundred million. He may get a half a billion. I can't. I can't see it. No, I can't. I just can't see it being the Braves. I don't think it'll be the Cubs either. You know, uh, I think Dodgers. I think makes some sense here, but I don't. I don't even know if Friedman, the GM there, wants to go that much for Harper. I think the Phillies still uh, my odds-on favorite here. Yeah, he still could end up in the NL East, and uh, it'll make a lot of make a lot of sense with the with, with the Braves. It does make sense if they want to spend that kind of money. I just you know, the Braves have never been a team that did this, you know. But if they do, uh, you, you already said the what the lineup could be like. I mean, and that I, I'll keep saying it. That young pitching, a lot of that's legit. This would be a team that uh, they could be. This would be the '90s all over again. Yeah, it could be. Uh, here's some more on the uh, Jacob Degrom inside inside injuries retweeting uh, tweeting that. Finally, the right decision by the Mets. They'll place uh, Jacob DeGrom on the DL, pushing his next start back a few days. He isn't expected to miss more than minimum 10 days with any sort of elbow injury. It isn't worth the risk. And then ESPN beat reporter uh, Rich Catino, uh, one of the best in the biz, uh, says, I'm thinking the Mets might go bullpen round on Monday in Cincinnati if Noah Syndergaard gives him enough length today. Remember, Jerry's familiar hasn't pitched in days. A.J. Ramos, Jerry Blevins, Will be rested as is Robles. Stay away from Seawall today. In my hunch, it is uh, batting practice night in Cincy. They do have a day off on Thursday, so they might go the bullpen route, like you were talking about. Yeah, a lot of teams do uh, tend to do that. Uh, if you don't want to call somebody or you don't have anybody to send down for that matter, uh, I guess it'll be interesting to see what the Mets do. I just found out uh, Molina had to go on the go. Did you see the the hit Molina took yesterday? No. Uh, oh, good. You, you should be happy. Uh, he took a, a 100-plus 100, 100 mile an hour fast, but it got tipped, and he got hit in the man region. 
All right, and he got hit directly in the man region. I mean, this is one that no guy likes to see, and I, that's leading to this. They go calling it groin surgery. I guess I don't want to. I don't want to know what happened, but that's what I, I saw him get hit. I didn't realize that's what led to this surgery. Uh, so yeah, Molina's gonna miss at least a month here. Ryan Zimmerman's also out today, a side injury, and Justin Smoke returns from his paternity list. And uh, and also I found out today. Uh, do you know who shares a birthday with Mike Cardano? Jose Altuve's birthday today. Oh, look at that. I'm sure there's some short jokes to make in there, but I, I just have nowhere to go here. There's a lot of jokes that we can make about uh, at least, well, not Altuve, but maybe Mike. But uh, we got a fantasy football frenzy coming up uh, next on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network with Corey Parson and uh, Tony Sincata. And uh, ESPN reporting this this morning that Mike Gillisley is going to have to battle for his roster spot after the the pick of Sony Michelle. Uh, they also picked up Jeremy Hill. They still have Rex Burkhead and James White. Brandon Bolden doesn't figure into the mix. But after the drafting of Michelle, I don't, do you think Jeremy Hill even makes the final roster there? I'm thinking no, but... Uh... I mean, I agree with you about Bolden. We'll assume he's uh, – they got six guys there. So we assume Bolden's out. That's five. One more has to go. So Gillisley, Hill, I think those are the two guys. Gillisley did get benched at times last year, you know, yeah. maybe uh, in, in the Bill Belichick doghouse because I think he's a more valuable player than Hill at this arr, point. Arr, but, arr, arr. Oh, God. But maybe he does uh, fit the uh, – maybe he, no Jeremy Hill fits – Belichick better. Uh, <laughs> dog barking. By the way, speaking of sense of humor, you know, you and I gave a nice heartfelt, heartfelt goodbye to Pete Consadori earlier. You know, Pete told me during the next commercial, do you know where he was during that heartfelt goodbye from us? Where? He was in the bathroom. He was taking care of business while you and I were giving a heartfelt goodbye. Well, Pete Consadori, it was a pleasure to work with you. And we will miss you. Thank you, and I, and I apologize. I apologize that I was not present. I didn't know uh, that part was coming, and I and I just had to take care of business. So I apologize. But thank you guys very much. It's been a pleasure. It has. Pete. Pete's been a complete pro, George. It's uh, you know he cert he certainly is uh, done fine job every week, and uh, you know with our our new producer here every week, Mr. Bo. I'm sure he's learned from the best. The Fantasy Football Frenzy is next right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network with the unpredictable predictor and the executive. Stay tuned. Get your off-season fantasy football fix here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.